hey, namaste, my fellow Marvelous nerds. We are the Marvel Mythos Podcast. This is Spider-Man Trial by Jury. Today, we're going to be talking the amazing Spider-Man 381 to 385. I am your host, Brian Barley. You can find me on Instagram at Marvel underscore Mythos and on Twitter at Marvel Mythos Pod. Today is a special day. We have our producer on the show, Austin Flume. What's up, guys? Where can they find you on social media? They can find me on Twitter at Austin Flume. Easy enough. Unfortunately, Dave was not able to make it today, and Liz got sick today. So by the time this airs, Liz will be healthy, hopefully. But uh, if she's not, send her some well wishes, just in case. In The Amazing Spider-Man 381, Hulk has flown into town while at the airport, Doc Sampson approaches him about a medical demonstration regarding a gamma virus that releases repressed emotions. He wants Hulk to go to it with him because it could have ramifications for both of them. Hulk vehemently declines the offer. Meanwhile, Richard Parker asks May if she wants him to go with her to visit Ben's grave in a week since it would have been their anniversary. This triggers a warning for her, leading to her calling up a private detective. She's now skeptical of their story. Elsewhere, Peter is at the medical demonstration on behalf of the Bugle when everything goes wrong. The virus ends up infecting Doc Sampson, turning him into an even more enraged uh, version of the abomination, I guess is what they worded as. Hmm. Doc battles his way out in pursuit of the Hulk. He finds him and Hulk makes easy work of him until Spider-Man interferes. Then Doc tackles Hulk, which causes the virus to shift from Doc to the Hulk, ending the issue with an even more enraged Hulk. This feels like it came out of nowhere, but yep. par for the course for the Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. Everything seems kind of randomly thrown in. Mm-hmm. What uh, What did you think of Doc Sampson in this? I thought, from a design standpoint, he's pretty cool looking. I like that he's like surprisingly strong. So when he gets infected with this virus, he like bulks up even more, and he can take on the Hulk. Okay. Like it's crazy to me that he can take on the Hulk at all. So. Kind of cool. I think it's weird that he's just kind of like a Bible character that they put in these comics. <laughs> yeah. That's so that the, interesting. So that's the thing with Sam. So Doc Sampson apparently had some gamma radiation exposure as well. But unlike the Hulk, he's not always hulked out. Okay. It's kind of attached to his hair. Okay. And if his hair is long, then he's strong from the gamma radiation. Okay, so he's literally Samson from yes. the Bible. Yes, and if his hair okay. gets cut, he he's weaker than normal. So yes, he, he is... Literally, Samson from the Bible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Gotcha. So, the reason this virus is initially created by some random group of scientists is it's supposed to bring out the feelings that you have that are deep down inside. So, the intent for the scientists was to do that with schizophrenic patients to bring their emotions to the surface so that then they could combat them. So, what you've got here is a situation where this group of scientists decides to do a human test on an untested gamma virus in front of an audience. And in that audience is Spider-Man and Samson. So that's the whole foundation for these comics is these scientists are just freaking idiots. They are idiots. They haven't tested this once. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, is this really the setup for this comic? Because that, from a setup standpoint, to me, is just ridiculous. It's pretty absurd, right? I mean, how, how <laughs> right? involved was the FDA back then? Uh, clearly not involved. <laughs> I don't know. But so what was your impression of the... Like, did you were you as shocked as I seem to have been when you read this setup for this comic? So honestly, I'm so used okay. to this crazy nonsense gotcha. happening that I kind of <laughs> okay. was just like, okay, this is what we're doing to, okay. to get the battle to go. <laughs> right, right, Fine, right. whatever. Okay. Oh, I had more of a struggle like, 
Okay. So the whole idea of the virus is to bring out the anger that <laughs> yeah. you have. Right. And the Hulk turns into the Hulk from anger. Right. So and he, the, the angrier he gets, he gets stronger. What so do you think is going to happen? Why, why would you want him <laughs> to be exposed to this? No, I don't know. I don't know. They're like, we'll, we'll shock this guy. And they, they try to shoot the virus into their human test. <laughs> the virus freaks out. And busts out of the containment glass and infects Samson, right? Yes. So, so the one thing that I found interesting about this is because the virus is designed to bring out your like your deep down emotions that you truly feel inside. When it got into Samson, it bred out his rage in the Hulk, which to me says like, why would Samson be angry at the Hulk when he's the one that got Hulk into a situation in the first place? But Samson is angry that he could never fix the Hulk. Yeah. Right. So he's angry at himself more or less that he can never fix the Hulk. And it reminded me of like this time that I, I was playing like Super Mario Sunshine. And I threw my GameCube controller because I was mad <laughs> at the game. I wasn't mad at the controller, but I still broke the controller. That's how I, that's the parallel that I see with Samson and the Hulk here. Like, so you're equating Samson's blind rage with getting upset at a video game. Yeah, man. Sunshine was <laughs> aggravating. Sunshine is very you know aggravating. Really uh, it was not as aggravating as Injustice 2, but oh, okay. we won't go into different that. Different conversation, right? Yeah, different <laughs> conversation. I love that you talk about that they're going to shoot this virus into the mm-hmm. guy. Why Why? Right. Why are we shooting it into him instead of injecting him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like there's this cone-shaped, I don't even know how to describe it. It's some type of cone-shaped thing that is yep. feet away from this guy's head. And they're like, oh, this right. should be safe. And then they and then they shoot it and all this green, it almost, I don't know, it looks like a cloud or something just starts forming around it and then busts yeah. out of this this glass. But mm-hmm. these are comics. <laughs> right. Yep. And that's what we come down to. And science doesn't always work the way that science should work in comics. Mm-hmm. And clearly scientists do not work the way that real scientists work. I find myself reading this one coming back to how I felt during Carnage, which is it's the small moments that caught me the most. Yes. So yes. the small Agreed. moment with MJ, when uh, Spider-Man shows up at lunchtime, like he surprises her because she's not expecting him. Yep. And he shows up and she was preparing lunch and wanted to surprise him with a big, nice lunch, mm-hmm. which didn't happen because they decided to enjoy time together. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. Which, cool. Maybe that explains why Spider-Man was in a weakened state when he was fighting Hulk. Oh, you know? yeah. You know? Mary Jane ravaged him. They, they say not to do that before <laughs> a big fight. And Spider-Man did that and then had a big fight. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. <laughs> so... That's I mean, in some ways, Mary Jane acted like the Delilah in this story, even though it wasn't for Samson. Yes. So I agree. So on that one, as you said, it's comics. So the setup doesn't really matter. It just exists to further the action. And I thought the action was awesome. Like once you get past the foundation and you get to like Hulk and Samson and Spider-Man fighting each other, that is what I found to be like exceptional and super cool. Yeah, um, it's depicted fantastic. I mean, and then to see like just the Hulk get kind of annoyed with the situation not even angry just annoyed with the whole thing and he just takes out samson and like a few hits knocks him out he's like all right i'm done with this yeah boom boom done spider-man tries to jump on him and he's like clinging to his arm and hulk's just holding his arm up like whatever and Mm -hmm. then just swats him down right but uh yeah the the action the action's fantastic the other key thing to note is is may's reaction which we kind of talked about yes which definitely it's fun to see this stuff with the parents progressing, 
unfortunately, like it has previously, it's at a snail pace. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it doesn't happen as fast as you want it to, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that was Peter's quote unquote dad says, it's you and your dead husband's anniversary, right? You're going to go to the to the grave? And she freaks out. And at first I thought she freaked out because who says that? <laughs> who is this guy to say? Like, isn't that's a really uncomfortable thing to say? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was trying to figure out how they were going to turn that into she catches on that they're not his real parents. Right. And I'm like, how does that even They flipped work? it real good, though. They did. They flipped it real good. So we'll get to that in a minute. Yep. Um, last thing about that comic um spider-man just randomly shows up and busts in on mary jane is and he's just kind of like puts the moves on her and he's like hey we're, we're gonna do this right and she's like yeah okay are they in a place in their relationship where they can do things like that is my question like so i feel like what we were kind of getting at at the end of maximum carnage was a reconciliation almost okay so i feel like this is what you'd kind of expect immediately right after because they're kind of feeling a connection again that they haven't felt. Okay. Because, but gotcha, that makes sense. as we'll see coming up, everything's not perfect. Mm-hmm. It's just, they have this one off moment that, yep. that in my opinion, it kind of fits. I mean, not to get too much into personal details, but I understand like okay. when reconciliation happens, there's a, a bliss that okay. surrounds that for a temporary period i gotcha so amazing spider-man 382 with the hulk now effectively an ultimate hulk spidey and doc quickly work together spider-man taunts hulk into following him to the demolition site at empire state university while samson visits the scientist behind the virus (laughs) samson learns there is no cure and it just needs to burn itself out yep scientists are idiots (laughs) human tests and they don't have a backup No fix. (laughs) He meets Spider-Man and they determine that the bad side of Hulk is repressing the virus and keeping it from full force, which also doesn't really make sense. Uh, It's preventing it from fizzling fizzling out. Spider-Man pleads with Hulk calling on Bruce Banner to do the right thing. And he explains that Bruce needs to do or what Bruce needs to do. It works and Hulk lets the anger reach its peak, which releases the virus from him. Other events of note, May meets the the private detective that she called earlier, and she hires him to investigate Richard and May Parker, or Mary Parker, plus MJ's one soap opera scene for the week gets cut from the episode. She debates on telling Peter, but decides he has too much going on. So clearly they're not at the best of places, Mm -mm. to your point. True, nope. Uh, so, so while they seem to have fixed things at max at the end of Maximum Carnage, it mm-hmm. is not perfect yet. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is more action, more action, lots of it. I'm honestly like, the more we're talking <laughs> about this, the more I'm kind of like, Samson is such a different type of character that yeah. I kind of want to go read more on him. Yeah, just he's to interesting. See. Like, like I look at him and I'm like, yeah, not normally the kind of guy I'd want to go read more about, but mm-hmm. as we're talking about, it, I'm like, well, he's a psychiatrist and he clearly cares about the Hulk. So maybe there's some something interesting there, but and he's stacked, <laughs> dude. He's like the most ripped psychiatrist mm-hmm. ever. But it's the gamma radiation in his hair, man. Yeah, that must be what it is. Yeah, that's why his hair is green. Yeah, holy. T- yeah, I'm just skimming through this. There's a whole lot of action in this. Whole lot, yeah. almost exclusively. One of my favorite quotes from the action was when from the Hulk was Hulk tear spider to pieces. <laughs> then eat pieces like that's so cool like that's why the the whole the horrible setup happened was just to justify all this awesome action yeah and honestly that quote right there reminds me of hulk and marvel zombies it sounds almost exactly like something he would say in the and marvel zombies which 
just a shameless plug. We did cover that. If you haven't listened to it, go check it hey, out. Take it out. Yeah. So I feel like the important shift or the important thing for us in this mm-hmm. is the May stuff and yes. the MJ stuff. Mm-hmm. So again, the bulk of the book is the action, but the stuff that progresses the story that we're really pushing or pushing towards yeah. is the May with the investigation and MJ lo- not losing her job, but getting cut from it that week. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I what I thought was worth talking about, or at least mentioning, is that when she's filming, she's smoking. Yeah, that's why she got. That's why the they had to cut her scene was because she was so wrapped up in smoking. They want you to know that she is so stressed out that she forgot to put down her cigarette before she went into this acting scene, and that's why they had to re- reshoot the scene, and they didn't have time to reshoot it, so they just cut the scene entirely. Right? Yeah. So she brought it on herself. This this addiction is leading to this problem with her work. Right. And I'm sure there, I think there are other things clearly with all the drama that's been going on with her, but mm-hmm. this is one of the, the problems that she's having as far as her, her role. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, I do want to point out, it was something that you and I talked about. I don't think we were on air yet, okay. but the color, <laughs> the color of Samson's hair yes. is the color of Hulk's skin. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Instead of the color of Hulk's hair. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not really sure what to make of that. The colorists were like, we only got three crayons. <laughs> Some of these got to overlap. That's the only thing I'd come up with. Uh, you know, <laughs> it makes it makes sense. Because they use crayons, sitting right? around. I mean, they were probably on a budget. Probably. And, you know, at least when they came up with Samson. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at this point, but when Samson <laughs> was created, probably, I would guess... 70s they probably were like you know what yeah we only have so many crayolas so mm-hmm. let's let's double up here yeah and we don't have any additional writers to create a new <laughs> villain or a new character so they just looked over and there's like a bible sitting there <laughs> so they like, right, we'll just take that guy you got to look at all types of, of media to come up with holistically right yeah yep so aunt may's just continues to be in my opinion the coolest part of this line more so in this one than the maximum carnage stuff and maximum carnage it was the mj stuff that had me more interested than Mm -hmm. anything else this stuff is more the may stuff Mm -hmm. but i i find myself caring less and less about what's going on with spider-man yeah oh yeah definitely. and more and more about the supporting cast that's barely in it yeah it's because it's just mindless action and it's it's just like filler action because that's they were trying to like please the audience for comics that just want the action. Yeah. So I feel like the writers are of two minds where they're like, we want to tell these really interesting personal stories with Aunt May investigating Peter's two parents and Mary Jane dealing with her stress and smoking and all that stuff. So that's like, like you said, the underlying interesting personal story. But they also have to st- satisfy the comic fans that don't really care about any of that stuff. They just want to yep. see the Hulk fight other strong men. And, like well, yeah, I mean, you want to bring in all these random characters to increase your book sales. Because yeah, true, when you have true. these randos, then you're going to bring in people who are Hulk fans that might not be reading Spider-Man. That's a good call. I get it. I do. I understand. It's it's basically why we had so many excess characters in Maximum Carnage. Yep. So I totally get that. All right. So The Amazing Spider-Man 383 starts a new story. It's the trial by jury. A group named The Jury is after Spider-Man for his role in bringing the Venom alien symbiote to Earth. The son of the founder or funder of the jury was killed by venom uh, in i want to say it was the amazing spider-man 315 
They've okay. placed sensors all over town to track down Spider-Man, but he has avoided them thanks to his spider sense. Eventually, he gets too curious and lets one spot him. This draws four of the jury to his location. They are guys in high-tech armored suits, I'd say similar to Iron Man, but less sophisticated. Mm-hmm. As they battle, Spider-Man sees someone in danger and risks getting caught by the jury to save him. This leads one of them, a guy named Ramshot, mm-hmm. to stop fighting him. However, the remaining attackers succeed in capturing Spider-Man. The funder and founder, Mr. Taylor, tells him he is on trial for bringing the alien symbiote to Earth. Other things of note, through her thoughts, we learned that the uh, private investigator May hired found nothing on Peter's fake parents. She visits Mary Jane and tells her that she and Ben got married in secret six months before the public wedding. And Peter's parents knew that. So she knows they are lying and aren't his parents. Boom! That's that's a big plot twist right oh, there. Oh man! So we we've, we've kind of known for a while that his parents probably weren't his parents, but yeah. they do a decent job <laughs> tricking us into thinking it's legit with the right. Red Skull stuff that happened earlier. But uh, I don't think I would have ever, in my wildest imagination, thought this is how we'd find out. No, maybe <laughs> that's so cool. Like Aunt May goes and gets married in secret six months before the public wedding. But I don't, I don't remember why she did that. It was because she was really young, right? Oh yeah, she was young, and they were just ready to get married, and her parents wanted her to be a little older or something, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Yep. Okay. While not the most compelling or interesting group that we've ever read about. Yeah. I at least was kind of on board with seeing something different like a trial. Yeah. So when this setup happened, I was like, okay, I might actually be really into this story mm-hmm. instead of the mindless action that happens around Spider-Man normally. So it, at least in this issue, I still had hope for this storyline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk more about where the storyline goes. And where your hope went. <laughs> <laughs> but at least in the setup, I was kind of like, all right, this might go somewhere different. Cool. All yeah. right, let's let's see how this plays out. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was similar for you or if you right out the gate were like, this jury stuff is stupid. So we're done with the Hulk stuff. The Hulk stuff is done. It yeah. lasted two issues and now it's over. Yep, totally So that gone. had no effect on anything, really. It was just like, here's some Hulk action that can go on while the Mary Jane stuff and the Aunt May stuff goes on. Which, to their, to their credit, <clears throat> it makes sense to have some type of small filler story right after yeah. the big Maximum Carnage. That's true. So I get that. Like a palate cleanser. Yeah. So, like you said, the jury exists to put Spider-Man on trial for bringing the symbiote to planet Earth and causing all these murders and deaths and stuff like that. In particular, the death of one person that was tangentially related to the jury, and he was what? The the person that hired them? It was his son or something? Yeah, so the guy that founded and funds the jury, yeah. was it was his son. It was his son. And he hires these people that all had friendships with him. Okay. So these are all people that knew him somehow and were close. So he's playing off of their desire for vengeance. Okay. Well, so from a look standpoint, and you described them as Iron Man-like, I thought the jury was absolutely awesome. And the action in these issues with the jury, between the jury and Spider-Man, I thought was fantastic, like top level, like even better than the Hulk stuff from an action standpoint. Um, from a story standpoint... It goes to interesting places, but again, doesn't seem to amount to anything. Yes, that's the th- so like, and this is going to appeal to the X Men nerd and myself. Oh yeah, there's a very very old story in X Men. I can't remember exactly. It's in the uh, double digits, not the triple digits, which means it's an old X Men story. And there was, I think, it was the Power of Three or something along those lines. 
and they almost put, if I remember right, they put Cyclops on trial or the X-Men on trial, something along those lines. Okay. So I, and of the old, old X-Men stories before pre Claremont era, this was one that actually kind of stood out for me. And I thought, you know, this could be adapted pretty well in a modern setting. And I thought, okay, maybe this jury thing is going to go that route. Mm, and mm-hmm. if it does that, and it's a more modern take on something like that, then yeah. this might be a really compelling story. Mm-hmm. So I was like connecting the dots between those two stories. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it didn't, it didn't it do the same. Didn't thing. do anything like that at all. Nope. Unfortunately, which was kind of a letdown. What happened in the exit? Why were they on trial? Was it like, because Cyclops keeps like sleeping around or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I read that like two years ago. I can't remember what it was. No idea. Uh, That's okay. It was, it's the whole mutant and human, Humanity deal. It, this was way before Cyclops probably ever had his first kiss. Okay, that opened up the floodgates. But before before that, you know, he was a very reserved guy. Okay, but got know. it. Okay, yeah. So this issue, yeah, like like you said, it's it's kind of meaningless. The jury stuff, the action is friggin' sweet. But I think for me, the Aunt May storyline where she's she realizes that the parents are like not real, not the real parents, is so interesting that the the implementation of just this mindless action is kind of like a nice contrast to that. So mm-hmm. I've got the cool story that's keeping me going, and I've got the cool action that's just like sending off sparks in my brain, like, oh, there's lasers <laughs> everywhere. Spider-Man's getting flung to the flung to the wall and breaking through stuff and stuff like that. So I think as a whole, like if it was only the action, it would have been kind of like subpar. But since it was the action being complemented by the Ant May stuff, I thought it was yeah, and I, really I cool think issue. what you find is you, you get, when you're able to do this type of thing, it creates a, a decent to good issue. But when you find true excellence in an issue, it's where those two things that seemingly aren't connected find a way of coalescing in the end so that both are meaningful. Gotcha. And I don't feel like we get that both are meaningful. So while okay. it made it really fun to read, and I'm very invested in the May stuff, and to your point, dude, I even though it's so 90s, yeah. I loved the jury's look. Yeah, like, agreed. A lot of the 90s stuff, I'm like, oh my God, like cardiac, I'm like, oh my God, screw cardiac, get him out of here. Get him out of here. But the jury, I'm like, these, awesome. these are actually kind of cool designs. Their names are terrible. Yeah, not good. Ramshot. Ram like, what the Lame. crap? Zero out of ten. <laughs> Lame name. No, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, and uh, nicely said. Yeah, so that that's that's my personal opinion of of this. And like like I kind of mentioned earlier, I was very optimistic about where it might go, uh, but it didn't it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. There's a splash page <laughs> uh, on sixteen that are the four uh, members of the jury attacking Spider-Man and mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the night and he's like almost, he's not quite dead center of the page, but he's close and they're kind of all surrounding him. That's probably the coolest shot uh, in this thing. And if they were to take out the the thought bubble, you'd have a really awesome poster that yeah. would have probably sold very well in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So props to the, to the artists on this one. Good stuff. Yeah. One <laughs> thing that uh, I would like to make note of because it is a part of this this whole story is that MJ was actually about to go apartment hunting when Aunt May showed up. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, because uh, Liz Osborne is kicking them out of their Liz apartment. Osborne. Got so it. They, so okay. I think at one point, our Liz had questioned how the Parkers were able to maintain this apartment given he's a freelance photographer and she has a daytime soap star. And we thought it was the daytime soap thing, but it's actually more about the fact that 
they've been living there because their friend owned the apartment. Mm. Yeah. But uh, apparently in the spectacular line, what's kind of going on is we've had green goblin pass away and Spider-Man thinks that he's just messed up over it. And Liz is the wife of the green goblin, Harry Mm. Osborne. So she's really struggling. And Harry leaves, I guess a video will, I think is how it went down. Hmm. And he tells her basically like that she and, their son have all of the Osborne stuff. Like it's, it's gone to them. So they're set for life. But I, I think there was some kind of discrepancy on how the complex was going to be broken out gotcha. between the board or something. But what ends up happening is the green, uh, Harry puts on the green goblin mask to talk about what he's giving to Peter. Mm-hmm. And he gives him a box and he says, don't open it. It's going to open at the right time. Ooh. It's my last present for you. Ooh. So Spider-Man's like tormented over it. Yeah. And obviously he doesn't wait for it to open on its own. <laughs> so he opens it and sees that it just says, gotcha. So he's like messed up thinking that Harry's not dead. He even goes to Liz as Spider-Man and he's like, yo, Harry's not dead. Here's why. And she's like, get out of my apartment. Get out of here. So there's a lot of drama going on in the spectacular line at the same time. And and that's, that's ultimately why. So Liz and her son are going to move somewhere. I think it's like Wisconsin or something. And they're just getting rid of the the complex for some reason. And because of that, MJ and and Spider-Man have to find somewhere else to live. It's a lot of really good background that I did not have while I was reading these. Yeah. I had to look into it because I'm like, what the, what is going on? Spectacular. It's almost like it brings into question comics as an art form. Yeah. In general. <laughs> and I had that thought a few times during this. Elaborate. I don't remember the exact recap, but at the beginning of every issue, there's some form of recap. Or during somewhere in the issue, there's some form of recap. Yes. And that's kind of what makes me wish that comics, instead of being like this huge, like there's 381 issues, it was just a bunch of self-contained stories. Mm that were completely separate from each other. But I know if it was that way, like a lot of people do like that. Like the fact that they've been reading these issues for like years and these storylines have been building for years. And you talk specifically on other episodes or other, yeah, other episodes of the Marvel mythos about comic book lines that came to fruition after years of subtle planning. So you have those big payoffs, but in general, it's just an issue that I have with comics as a, as an art form in general, that they have to take up an entire page of recap almost every single issue. Yeah, I think we kind of get away from that in the modern comics. And what I mean is that it's not that they aren't connected. It's just that the recap itself... So when you flip open a modern comic, most of the time you flip open in the very first page, it's just a black page and it has a brief recap of the what what needs to be stated for mm-hmm. what's about to happen in this issue. And then it gives you the artist and the, the writer and everything. So it's just like two paragraphs. They're short paragraphs. They're not long. Two to three paragraphs. And it just gives you all the background that you need for that issue. Yep. And then in the issue itself, they're not recapping it. Whereas That's cool. in these... Man, they really t- go have to go like out of their lot, way to dude. explain it. A lot, like a lot. And I think, I, I I think it's not just in comics itself as a medium. I think it's also in television. Yeah, so I agree with that. TV shows do that a lot too. I agree with that. And I think what's cool is the the previously on if it's incorporated right, it can give you everything that you need to know beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I think the the old X Men cartoon did a wonderful job. It was the first thing I ever saw growing up that instituted the previously thing. Yeah. And it was masterfully done. Usually previously on, on X-Men. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That thing. And if you'd love for us to add a previously on <laughs> recap at the beginning of our episodes, please let Austin know. <laughs> Start giving us money. Start giving us money and I'll do that. No, but yeah, I completely, and I was, 
as I was thinking about that, because I'm sitting in a cafe and I'm having all these thoughts about why comics are dumb, blah, blah, blah. I'm second guessing myself because we also have TV shows that go on for seasons and seasons and seasons. You can't jump into those either. So I'm like, am I being a little hypocritical here? And that's what kind of made me like, but yeah, I agree that like putting in the, the recap in the beginning kind of alleviates that. It, so it helps so much. And honestly, uh, so what's funny is we're relating it to TV shows. Yeah. And when you got a show, say supernatural, that's been on for 14 seasons, right. what's crazy is there are still new viewers coming to supernatural even right. after 14 seasons. And the right. reason why is you have a streaming site like Netflix that has all of them so you can catch up. So not to plug Marvel <laughs> unlimited, because they don't pay us, but it's nice <laughs> or to respond have our emails. <laughs> but, but it's nice that there's some type of streaming site or or, or application that you can use and actually go True. back and get caught up if you want to. Mm-hmm. And I I had a rant on the Maximum Carnage episode about them not fulfilling what I requested them to do, yeah, only two. to find out like three days later that they did. That they did so, yep. Thank you, Marvel Unlimited. Yep. I appreciate my rant working. It's like someone that tipped them off. Yeah. <laughs> the the last thing on that on that episode, I just remember having the thought like, will this Peter Parker Mary Jane um, conflict ever come to fruition? Because you've got so many situations where they're having issues and it's been going on for issues on issues on story arcs on story arcs and it still hasn't come to fruition. I'm like, just get a divorce already. <laughs> okay. But that's that's just a thought that I, I have. Will not, I will not comment on any of this yeah. nine, the 2000 stuff. So, <laughs> okay. um, The Amazing Spider-Man 384. Spider-Man is on trial with the jury for his crime and bringing the alien symbiote to Earth. In effect, being responsible for the son of the funder and their friend, uh, as well as others being murdered before the trial can begin. He attempts an escape only to uh, be so drugged up. He fails, which leads to them increasing the drug dosage throughout this trial. Peter reflects on what led him to become Spider-Man and what led to the creation of venom and carnage using a witness from amazing Spider-Man 374. He ends up accepting the responsibility and pleading guilty. His sentence is death. Meanwhile, MJ's role on her soap gets reduced to recurring. Mm -hmm. So not only was her her one scene cut, but now she's downgraded. Mm -hmm. Upset over it, she tries to get some lunch, and while smoking, someone nearby asks her to quit. While smoking. Yes. Again. (laughs) She snaps his head off, saying, quote, if she wants to kill herself, that's her business. Mm -hmm. Elsewhere, Mary and Richard get a job at the UN as translators? Yes. (laughs) It's an interesting twist. Interesting twist. And I think that specific scene exists for a particular reason, but we'll get into that once you're done. With the okay. Yeah. So that, that, that is the gist of what takes place in this issue. I, like I said, was optimistic in the previous one. This one was like, because of that, such a letdown because I'm like, Oh my God, all we're doing <laughs> is recapping the uncle Ben stuff all over again. Uncle Ben moment. And <laughs> on top of that, now we're recapping venom and maximum carnage yep. all over again. And they just happened. Now, I can almost justify the Uncle Ben thing in that with something like Maximum Carnage, you're probably going to get new readers coming onto the show or to the the comic. True. But I almost feel like if you're going to do that, do it during your um, palate cleanse with the Incredible Hulk. Right, not with this two issues later. Yeah, like you're you're effectively losing, potentially losing people during the Hulk story Mm -hmm. because they don't understand what's going on. And then you get into this and you're bringing in the backstory. But that's my my nitpick on this. I'm a little perturbed at how the sequence of events transpired between this one and the next issue. Mm -hmm. But again, I was optimistic and and I was let down. Yep. 
and the whole time you're wondering like why did this jury come out of nowhere what is the writer's intent behind this particular story arc what is their goal behind this and uh, we find out that like it just ends after this arc there's nothing more with the jury and it seems to just exist to once again put spider-man in all of these flashback scenarios that um, gives the readers another recap of everything that's happened in Spider-Man's life up until this point, including Uncle Ben dying again, which shout out to Dave and Liz, Uncle Ben moment. <laughs> Have you heard about my Uncle Ben? My Uncle Ben died. <laughs> there you go. There's your shout out for this issue, which is another. That's what really had me questioning comics because I'm like, not only did they do a recap section of this arc, but this arc seems to exist to be a recap, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so the jury the jury arc didn't come to much fruition. It just exists to be a recap while these other more interesting arcs are happening. Yeah, it, like like we've kind of talked the May stuff and in this one the the PI calls her up and says he's not finding anything and she flips out on him on the phone. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Super awesome. I would love to see like this little old woman getting so angry that she just screams at the yeah. PI like, yeah. I'm paying you. Stop telling me to stop wasting my money. I'm paying you to find dirt right? on these guys. Yep. It's like she's talking to Comcast or something. <laughs> like I'm sitting there, I'm like, if I had a PI coming to me saying, I'm not finding anything, yep. I'm going to a different PI. Go to a different one. I'm like, screw you, dude. I'm she's going like, to this yeah. other one. I don't remember the phone oh, book. Man. She looked at if there were more than one line under Manhattan. <laughs> I feel like there was more than they one PI for Manhattan. <laughs> she had options. <laughs> Maybe they were outside of her budget. I don't know. It's just but so if, annoying. But if she's willing to keep paying this guy, clearly budget's not too much of an clearly issue. Not. Clearly not. Yeah. She's got that pension, apparently, from whatever she used to do. But then she she has this moment like MJ where she's like, oh my, that wasn't me at all. Like it's this revelation that she's also losing control of herself mm-hmm. in the way that MJ is. So I like the parallels between their stories. I agree. That I had not thought of until just now. Uh, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I do like that, and and it's the most important moment in this one. I think is MJ's revelation. Okay, because I think that's going to have the most impact in the future stories that we're going to see from Spider Man. But what I was that revelation? That uh, she was She's not she, happy. If she wanted to kill herself, if if she wanted to kill herself, it's none of that guy's business. Mm-hmm. It's this moment where she realizes I'm not just smoking because I'm stressed. I don't want to live. Yeah, she's self-destructive. Yeah. She's not happy with her place. Exactly. Right? And I think that was like that revelatory moment mm-hmm. that that is really important inside of this story arc. I agree. Obviously, the May stuff is super important for the upcoming story arc, most likely. Hopefully. But as far as the overarching, like from, from a character development standpoint, Mary Jane seems to be the one that's actually experiencing that. Yeah, man. Her life is bad and she's not handling it well. And she's finally starting to realize it. I don't know what took so long, but yeah, she's just not handling everything well. Not at all. And uh, we're going to do this basically as long as Bagley is is drawing this stuff. <laughs> we're going to praise the art on every single issue. <laughs> Because it's just so good. Yeah. So, like, even though these recaps are happening, the way he draws Venom and the way he draws Carnage, in those recaps, I'm so like, good. well... It's really cool. I can't even be as mad as I want to be at the nope. recap because of how, how good it looks. I agree with that. Uh, what's interesting is the Ultimate Spider-Man... So, for listeners who don't know, Austin's biggest dive into comics was Ultimate Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis yeah. and... Mark Bagley. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That's cool. He was the artist for that. And Bagley himself, I I can't remember if it was last year or when it was. It was relatively recently. 
he's actually talked about how he wants he would love to go back to the amazing spider-man in the future so that you could actually see within one line how different he draws the character now to like see his potential oh, his personal that's cool. growth that's cool and i'm like that would be amazing mm-hmm. and uh, for people who are into modern comics, the Amazing Spider-Man run right now has been fantastic. So I'm sitting there like, man, just bring him on for a mini series with it, like yeah. something or like uh, one story arc. But uh, oh, that'd be so cool. Ultimate Ultimate Spider-Man is still going on, right? It's just Miles Morales now. No, oh, it's not. It's the, ended. The Ultimate Universe is no more. It's over. So they merged. There was a big event that happened, and and the two war- universes were um, collapsing into each other okay. and destroying it. So a lot of stuff happened, and if I remember right, uh, the Fantastic Four kind of saved the day at the end of, of it, and they have to make some sacrifices, and then they create this new universe that's kind of a merge of the two. So you have some overlap. So everything that happened, like with, say, Peter Parker mm-hmm. up until then, still happened. Okay. But everything that happened with Miles Morales happened, okay. but now these two universes have coalesced into one almost, and so you have him living in mm-hmm. the same universe as as peter parker so cool yeah so into the spider-verse <laughs> yeah so what do you think was the purpose of the peter's parents get jobs at the un scene i i don't know yet like okay. i am so confused as to why we're seeing them get jobs yep like maybe to humanize them okay like to make you think that they're real to, to either make you think that they're real or when the revelation comes out that they're not to make you at least relate to them as people. Okay. So a lot of times in whether it's TV, movies, video, even video games to an extent, they'll take a, the villain or what is supposed to be the antagonist and they'll find a way to humanize that antagonist so that you actually relate to them. And one of my favorite shows of all time is The Shield and the main star is actually the antagonist. He's the protagonist and Ooh. antagonist to oh, an extent. That's cool. So at the as he's doing all these evil things that you would look at that person and go, oh my God, this person is one of the worst people on the history of the planet. He's doing so, and you're seeing these different motivations that are leading him to these decisions that you almost go, man, I really understand why he's doing that though. And I get it. Mm. So I I don't know. I Just off the top of my head, I wonder yeah. if they're setting up something here to humanize his parents so that when this okay. big bombshell drops, we're kind of punched in the stomach like, oh, yeah. crap, I don't want them to be evil. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe they are. Or uh, to what's more likely is they are spies. Okay. And they're trying to be, you know, to work their way into the UN and, mm-hmm. and work for whoever they're working for. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> okay. So you've got two things happening at the same time in this arc. Yep. You've got, and you've got a history with... Um, different things that they've explained before about these parents. We know that there have been genetic tests performed to verify that these actually are the parents. We know that that's happened. So they're genetically identical to the parents, Peter's actual parents. So we know that much. But you've got this art going on where Aunt May still isn't convinced because of the whole, like, they didn't know when her actual wedding was, which is something Peter's parents actually didn't know. So they're playing with you a lot in these two different arcs. And then you've got the scene where they get the jobs at the UN. And this is a candid scene. This isn't like Peter's two parents along with other people in it. It's just his parents talking to each other. 
um, the mom gets the job and she's excited that she got the job and she's telling the dad. It's not like, oh, I got this job at the UN and now I can spy on the <laughs> Americans. It's not like that, but it's a candid shot. So you can see that they're candidly excited about real world, real people things. So they're going back and forth a lot on, are these real people? Are these not real people? Are these fake? So I think it's somewhere in the middle where it's both. I think they're clones. I think they were cloned using the genetics of Peter's parents and the memories that they should have had about the past. And that's why they're genetically exactly the same as Peter's parents were. But that also would explain why they didn't know about Aunt May's actual wedding date because they were cloned using public information. My question is, if that's the case, why were they cloned and why are they here? Like, were they cloned as an experiment or something and they just found their way here because they think they're the real parents of, of Peter Parker? Because they seem to think they're the real parents, but they're clearly not for a multitude of reasons. Knowing <laughs> nothing of what happens with this, like, this is one yeah. arc that, that even though I was reading some Spider-Man stuff from back then, I remember zilch about his parents' story arc. Okay, gotcha. So like sitting here hearing this and knowing that some of the storylines coming up are known as the clone saga, which have to do with Peter Parker clone. I didn't know that. (laughs) I'm sitting here like, you know what? This is probably the, the seeds for that. So if Uh, this is, if this is what that is, then props to David Michelini for Mm -hmm. being able to sow the seeds of the clone saga Mm storyline, even if a lot of people hate it, being able to sow those seeds years in advance years. because we've been reading about mm. this for multiple episodes and we cover months at a time. Mm-hmm. So you're talking two, three, four years, even that this, this clone thing would have been being played out. So yep. if that's the case and if this is what it is and this is what it sounds like it is props to them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of my thought on that. And the scene outside the UN exists to make you think that even if they are fake, they don't think they're fake. That's what I. That's what I take out of that scene. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to get by. She's just trying to get a job. <laughs> she's just trying to contribute. You know, she's I mean, like true. May's clearly stressed out. She's freaking out on him all the time. So she's probably like, "It's because we're not paying the rent." You know, she's letting us stay here and we're not chipping in. So let's go get a job at the UN. Yeah, like you've been gone for thirty years. Yeah. What's on your resume <laughs> yeah, that makes the UN hire you? Right. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but it is sketchy that it's a job at the UN specifically. Mm. especially because we think they're spies. Because if you were a spy, that'd be a good job to have. That would be perfect if you're a spy, yep. man. All right, so the All Amazing right. Spider-Man 385, as Spider-Man's sentence is about to be carried out, Ramshot jumps in front of them saying they can't kill him. He saved lives. The leader, Mr. Taylor, agrees to commute his sins if he helps them kill Venom. They need him to break into a government facility and steal a teleportation weapon that they haven't figured out how to get it to reassemble the teleporter. That's a really convoluted way of saying it's a vaporizer. Spider-Man helps them, and near the end, he realizes the drugs have turned his sense of responsibility into one of guilt. He fights back against them and stops them. Then he leaves them for security to clean up. MJ spends her night dancing away at a club, turning down a sleaze ball. Later that night, Peter returns home, sees the cigarettes all over the place. He takes her to see... Nick Katzenberg, I should have looked up who this is or if he's even important. Uh, He takes her to see him in the hospital. She's shocked to find him all skin and bones because previously he was not. Cancer has eaten him up. MJ initially is upset with Peter, but within moments she confesses she was so worried about him she was trying to kill herself. She crumbles up her pack of cigarettes and throws them away. 
All right. The jury stuff is so anticlimactic, man. Yep. Oh, my good Lord. Super anticlimactic. So, in that story, they're literally about to carry out the sentencing, and Ramshot interferes. But then we find out that the leader was going to tell them to stop? Yep. So, the leader's whole plan was to get Spider-Man to work for them, so he had to get him drugged up to where he felt guilty enough, Yep. and then sentence him to die, and then convince him to work for them to expunge his sins. Yep. How was he going to stop them? I don't know, man. Like... I don't know, dude. This 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 was the scientist moment for me because, yep. like, in comics, I'm <laughs> like, <can> <laughs> science never makes sense. But as long as the motivations behind the people and the actions themselves make sense, mm-hmm. then I'm I can justify like, what's okay. happening. This I can't justify this, mm. but whatever. Mm. And then and then the way that it ends is he just leaves them for security. Just leaves. <laughs> like security's <laughs> gonna be able to stop them if they wake up. Clearly, I don't know. They're basically security, but better. Yeah. That's what they are. <laughs> okay, enough about the jury, at least from my perspective. What, what were your thoughts on the jury in this one? Nah, it's fine. I mean, the whole thing was they convinced Spider-Man to, to murder someone, right? So for a while you think, or you're supposed to think, Spider-Man's okay with murdering someone because he's supposed to kill Venom. But from the get-go, <laughs> I was like, there's no way Spider-Man would ever think that. And it's because he was, like, drugged, right? Yeah. So... Why, why is it that we keep... So, we're sitting here and we're praising different things that yeah. Michelini is doing and all this, but then we're finding all these things where it's just a rehash over and over and over. It's like everything that is growth or development mm-hmm. happens with everybody except for Spider-Man, and I don't know if it's because they're afraid to change the status quo of Spider-Man, so you can't really do much other than revisit the same topics over and over again and see if he's going to break this time, but... We just spent the entire Maximum Carnage event with Spider-Man struggling with whether or not to kill. Yep. And now we get it again? Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's because Spider-Man is like the foundation that they're not changing and that exists for the the comic fans that just want Spider-Man to be Spider-Man. So they don't change him because of that. Yeah. They don't develop the, him because of that. There's literally no growth in his character in any of what we've seen. There were moments where we thought he was reconciling and doing the right thing with MJ, mm-hmm. but I haven't really seen enough yet to say that he has, mm-hmm. at least with his relationship with her. So other than that, it's just a complete rehash over and over. Yeah. But uh, the important things, mm-hmm. MJ. Yep. So she likes to dance. She does. Which, uh, as far as I know, she was a dancer. Not she didn't dance for money or anything in any any <laughs> just, way. Just for enjoyment. Form. Yeah, she would go out to clubs and dance uh, in the seventies. I think is when it was when she came out, um, or mm-hmm. the early eighties. So she's always been someone that likes to go to the club and dance. So this is no different. What I find interesting is that Spider Man's like totally fine with this behavior and lifestyle for her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you want to go out and dance, like whatever, I don't think that's necessarily a problem from my perspective. I think Peter Parker never being home and never being available to talk with Mary Jane about her problems, she's got to have some kind of a release. And if dancing is the way that she does that, then dancing is the way that she does that, right? And she has that whole scene where somebody tries to come up and hit on her. And she's like, no, dude, I'm just here for myself. I'm just here to dance. I thought that was really cool and surprising to see in the 90s. And it kind of gave me a good, like some faith in Mary Jane to say, yeah, she is pretty cool. She's like, she's got problems, but she's not going to like stoop to cheating 
because of these. She's just going to go dance it off and then, and then I'll work it out that way until she does or yeah. until that we think she does because at the end of that dancing scene, somebody does come up to her and says, hey, do you want to dance? And she says, yes. I remember a couple issues ago, it wasn't a Spider-Man episode, but you were talking on maybe an Avengers episode, Avengers or X-Men, yep. about infidelity in comics. Yeah, it was uh, Avengers, I want to say family responsibility between Black Knight and Crystal. Okay. I remember you saying that you didn't like that they were kind of like glorifying the infidelity in those comics, you felt? Yes. Um, in this, I felt like they did the opposite. Yes. In that they were glorifying that Mary Jane was not um, cheating. I, and now that you're bringing that up and relating it in that way, that's fantastic. I'm a big fan of how this was depicted because yeah. the way that I didn't even take it the way that you did in that when the second guy came up and asked her to dance that we were left with like an open-ended ditch here, didn't she? Yeah. I actually took it as she's wise enough to know this other sleazeball is hitting okay. on her and he's wanting more. But she was initially dancing with him because she wasn't, you know, I mean, he was married, so he was probably wearing a ring. So she probably assumed like it was just there for fun and casual, yeah. whatever. So the second guy that comes up, the way I took it was, okay, she's moving on to the next uh, okay. guy because that guy made that mistake. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. It could be either way. I hope it's that. I hope that's actually what happened. Yeah. Her passed out on the couch, still wearing her outfit though. I mean, who knows? Yeah. That's, that's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows how that went down? But what I thought, so... We get a two-issue arc with a guy based off the biblical Samson. Yes. And then we get this scene of Mary Jane dancing, and the guy that's coming on to her that's married that's basically saying, let's go hook up. Did you notice he's wearing a cross necklace? No. Yeah, totally wearing a cross. So I'm like, I did right. not. So in Maximum Carnage, we get Dagger being the light, a very clear reference to Jesus Christ. And, and his resurrection and mm-hmm. her resurrection. And then now we've got this scene that the sleazeball is wearing a cross. So it's almost like the separation between those who, the hypocrites inside of the religion versus the religion mm, itself. Very interesting. But I noticed the cross, like, it just like stood out to me. And I'm like, what the? Cr-? Okay. I mean, very I get it. People wear crosses all the time to make decisions that go against all what the, the cross represents. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yes. So this is what feels like the culmination of a lot of what we've been experiencing with MJ as yeah. far as her smoking addiction. Mm-hmm. And he takes her to this guy, like we mentioned, that has cancer, who's eat up from it. And I have mm-hmm. never in my life heard of someone doing this and succeeding. No, yeah. I had some strong feelings about this scene. Share that. I want to hear yours first. I mean, <laughs> so if you want to make it an abridged version of what may have happened after that, yeah. then it might work. Because she had the revelation in the previous issue that she was self-destructive and trying to kill herself because of what's going on with her and Peter. So with that revelation having just happened, maybe, just maybe, this actually would impact her. But when you're... When you're in that scenario where someone's dragging you there, not necessarily against your will, but under false pretense, and then this is what you're exposed to, Mm -hmm. I don't know of any human being that would react that quickly in that manner. Oh, yeah, you're right. I feel like you would be a few days later, then they might go, you know what? They were right. I've been doing this. Like I don't think you hit that personal revelation in that moment because you're too angry. Mm -hmm. It's when you calm down. So that was my take on that. What what Mm -hmm. were your thoughts? Yeah, so... Peter Parker has no time to talk to Mary Jane ever. No time to sit down and talk to her about their relationship problems or her problems that she's had for issues on issues on issues. But 
he does somehow have time to take her to a hospital and see a cancer patient that's has cancer because he was smoking to scare her out of smoking. And then in the end, she ends up being like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be smoking. So first of all, Peter Parker is being a jerk, like a total jerk, insensitive. He doesn't want to figure out why she's smoking or why she has these problems in the first place. He's just like, you're my wife and you shouldn't be smoking. So I'm going to scare you into not smoking. And then at the end, it's effective. So what are the writers trying to say? about this situation all it all it seems that they're trying to say is smoking is bad yeah I, which i agree with smoking obviously. yeah clearly smoking is bad and it was the early <laughs> almost the early to mid 90s at this at this stage so i get that that was a big push at that time to move away from smoking yeah. in comics right but to your point peter has been a prick yeah. through and through totally. this entire thing and I hadn't considered it from that angle. What is this promoting to the the individuals that are reading it, especially the impressionable teenagers or yeah. preteens that are reading this right. comic? Yeah, like it doesn't matter what Mary Jane's feeling. She's smoking, so she's in the wrong. Yeah. It, Let's not dig into why she's smoking. Yeah, they're, they're, he's ignoring the root cause. Yeah. And what I would love to see, so where I would feel vindicated in this decision yeah. is if this leads to other bad decisions that she's making because of their relationship. Okay. So if we see that she just replaces smoking with something else that's destructive, mm-hmm. then maybe it gets addressed differently. Yeah. But if this is literally just the end of the entire thing, yeah. I, I think I would have a problem with it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they're painting Peter Parker as the good guy when he's not. That's my biggest problem with it. Yeah. Because he's, he's painted as the guy that gets her to stop smoking. So it's like, he's the good guy, but he is not being the good guy. He's Man, being very you know, insensitive. Oh my gosh. What would have been... <clears throat> now this, this I would have gotten behind 100%. And I think it would have made for an amazing moment. So in the previous issue, we get this. We've actually seen multiple times over the last couple of episodes where May and Mary Jane are having these bonding moments where Mary Jane goes over to visit May because she's having issues with Peter and she just wants to be around family. And then in this one, we've got May coming to Mary Jane because she can't trust the Parkers and she's confiding in her. What would have been remarkable to see is if it was May who took her to the hospital. Um, Yep. Because she cares so much about her daughter, well, effectively her daughter-in-law, that she's concerned about the life she's leading and take her there. That would have been way more effective. You know what would have been even better is if she sat her down to talk with her about her problems and Mary Jane's like, yeah, you know, I don't even really want to be smoking. I'm doing it because I'm stressed for these reasons. And they sit to talk about like why she's actually doing it. Yes. I mean, something like that. But okay. yeah, I agree with you too. Like <laughs> that if, even if it was just Aunt May that took her to do the same thing that Peter did, yeah. it would have been more interesting. 20, 21st century, the way to handle it is the way that you're describing 20th, oh, just so much 20th energy. century having may do it would have been more impactful yeah. than and honestly i think that would have fit more in line with someone who was born around the time that may uh was born mm-hmm. that they would try that type of an extreme instead of sitting down and talking right yeah and i want to put in the caveat maybe they're not actually trying to paint peter parker um as the good guy maybe they're not maybe i just take it that way yeah so they they may have not intended it that way but that's what it comes off as yeah and and even if it if they were intending it differently then I'm concerned because it's not painted in a way that portrays something differently. Yeah. Right. At all. Right. Like normally I can kind of look at something and I can play a devil's advocate and say, okay, well I could see where it would mean this or that. Yeah. 
but in this, there's not really, there is no distinct one. Not distinction. On, yep. It's more now what it felt like to me reading it is they just wanted to wrap up this Mary Jane smoking thing. Yeah. Yep. And so they just tagged it into this story that had with Peter had nothing to do with her. Now, if you wanted to talk about even then the responsibility piece, what, what, sh- what I feel like should have happened is Peter is realizing all these responsibility things in his trial. So what would have made the most sense for this story is instead of seeing a recap of uncle Ben, you see a recap of how he's treated Mary Jane. Mm, yeah. And then he comes home to her yeah. and tries to fix it. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, and he's like, ah, uh, even if he was still sitting in like the jury seat, he's like sitting in the jury seat and they're accusing him of like murder, but he's still thinking of him, of his marriage. Oh my god, That would have been awesome. Dude. Can we rewrite this? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's We're going to rewrite this and have Matt draw it because. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. Because that's a much better story than what happened in uh, this. But it's really easy to play armchair writer like 20 years after the comics <laughs> come out. So, you know, props to the props to the writers for actually doing something. Yeah, for <laughs> making a place. living writing while we sit yeah. here and judge their, right. their writing. So like moving on from the Mary Jane thing and moving back to the Aunt May thing, like I was like so on the edge of my seat with this Aunt May story just to figure out, are the parents real? Or are they not? And we don't get to know in this arc. And I was like, ah, so the last thing we see on that is she's pulling them into the house and we're led to believe that she's about to confront them about who they are. That's what I took that as. Oh. She like invites them over to the house and they go inside and that's the end. That's the end of that scene. And we're left on that cliffhanger until the next issue. So I'm like, Oh, what's she about to do? So if that's what they're doing, awesome. When I read it, I took it as they're trying to set up another mystery with the PI uh, because the PI oh, yeah, is standing right. there watching the May or Mary and Richard Parker go, in. go into the house and then he gets confronted by the cops and it just ends right there. Like you see some type of reaction on the PI's face. Mm-hmm. So is the PI who knows what's what's going on with the pi i don't know like i don't know if i were to guess i would i, I just took that as a throwaway scene like he's just scoping him out and the neighborhood watch comes up and they're like hey why are you being a weirdo that's how i took it but I you hope, know what i love that we keep interpreting these in different ways i know that's it's what so makes that's what makes the conversation fun indeed who knows what's happening <laughs> clearly neither of us because no. we're both the clones <laughs> everybody's a clone it's a scroll man it's a scroll mary jane's a scroll <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any any final thoughts that you want to add about this? Uh, the two different arcs that we covered. That'll do it, man. That'll do it. I think we covered. I ranted about everything I wanted to rant about. Perfect. I didn't expect to rant, but I did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we did. I'm glad that you were on for this. I, I yes. kind of wish that uh, we could have gotten Dave and Liz's perspective regarding the Mary Jane stuff. Yeah. More in the Aunt May stuff. But uh, they'll be able to talk about that, I'm sure, in the next issues, because I'm sure it comes back up. Mm-hmm. It's Spider-Man. Indeed. Uh, so, ratings. If this is the first time you've ever listened to the show, we do a rating system. We, one, two, three, we want to say ban it from all of Marvel canon. It never happened. Four to seven means borrow it, go find someone that owns it, find it from the library, or read it on the Marvel Unlimited app, but find a way to read it, because you should at least read it. And eight to ten means buy it, own it, put it into your collection, keep it safely in in a long box or whatever you use to store your comics. So we're gonna do two because they are two different stories. Oh, okay. The Hulk story. Oh no, I only have one number. <laughs> <laughs> it might apply to both. <laughs> so okay. so uh, we'll let you think about it. Okay. What you got? I, I'm gonna give the Hulk story. Man, I'm probably gonna give the Hulk story. 
five. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'm not. Like, I'm leaning on. <laughs> I'm a, still thinking. I'm leaning on a four or a five. Okay, four or five. Dang, you really did not like it. Really didn't go anywhere. It's not like that, that I didn't like it, but it's more of a in comparison to some of the other stuff that we've been reading and mm-hmm. rating. I feel like it's definitely worth reading. Like okay. if you're a fan of Spider-Man and the Hulk and just a little fun, little throwaway, a couple of issues, then you need to read it mm-hmm. because it is fun and the art's beautiful and the action's phenomenal and you get to see a green haired Samson. So it's worth reading. But as far as adding anything to the lore, to the history of Spider-Man, I don't think it does enough. So I think I'm going to land at a five okay. on the Hulk story. Yeah, I would too, actually. So you're giving me crap, making me like second guess my rating, and then it's the same. I was wavering between a five or six. If I were to rate the whole like two arcs together, it would have been a six. But I think the second part was better than the first part. So I'm gonna give the first one a five, second one a six. Okay. With the jury, I'm gonna give a six. Uh you're gonna give it a four? No, it's not a four. I'm so mad at that second issue that you really I really didn't like it. That's what triggered you the most. It is, man. I really it, didn't like them scientists. But <laughs> I didn't like that I had so much hope for this trial and then it ended up stupid and yeah, it was just a recap of recent events yep. plus a freaking event we hear all the time. Right. I mean, my God, how many times do we have to hear about poor Uncle Ben dying? Every time. Good Lord. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think ultimately I land at a six mostly because of the Aunt May stuff and the MJ oh, stuff. so good. I loved seeing kind of. that whole progression. I loved seeing Aunt May flip out. I loved seeing... MJ at the club turned down the sleaze ball. Yeah, I like that too. And I loved, even though I hated the method in which it got to that point, I did love Mary Jane's finally like realizing it, like her self-destructive moment when she has lunch or whatever, and then seeing her in tears that she is killing herself and she doesn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So whether the method of her getting there worked or not, or was a good method of doing so, I think ultimately her reaction in the end saved it for me. So I'm going to land on a six. So uh, on the next episode, we're going to be covering Avengers 364 to 367. And uh, sometimes we have a second opinion piece. If you'd like to contribute to our second opinion piece, please visit marvelmythos.com and click on the upcoming section for a full list of upcoming episodes. And uh, reach out to me at marvelmythospodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at marvel underscore mythos or on Twitter at marvelmythospod. And let me know which of those stories that you would like to contribute a second opinion piece to. And we will read your thoughts on the air. Uh, Please, if you're a fan of the show, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you use. It goes a long way in helping us out. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. All right, man. Well, so how does this work? You read the thing and then I tell you my thoughts. You've, you've only edited 30 <laughs> plus podcasts. I don't pay attention. I, don't I pay just attention. listen for words and what it sounds like. I just wait until <coughs> until Travis swears and then I, my ears perk up and I edit it out. <laughs> but he never swears on a podcast. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said.